equivalents <laughs> to just not do what they I were doing. I don't know what that, yeah, and I don't know how that works. And I literally was blaming you completely. Well, I kept trying to play things. <laughs> and then every time you played with your tablet, mm -hmm. my music would cut off. Yeah. And then Slavin came in and did some wizardry. Yeah, I don't know what he did. <laughs> yeah, he should he probably teach us. He, he gave me the explanation. I'm just uh, not sure. I'm yeah, I, don't I know. feel like he told me too, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll come in next time too, though, right? <laughs> yeah. And every time after Yeah, that. so I need to rely on somebody. <laughs> in that situation, it's him. Welcome today to the Better You Project. Actually, I'm thinking about changing the name of the podcast. Ooh, I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah. Okay, here's my ideas. Uh, well, I think I'm going to rip off another podcast name. It's fucking confidence conversations with Raul. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Damn. <laughs> but, no. Um, yeah, you think you can roll. You don't even whoa, know. Son. Okay, it's on. <laughs> Damn. Uh, no, I was going to say, I really want to, um, there's a podcast I listen to called Diary, Diary of a CEO. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so <laughs> like, you know what? My mm. name's pretty cool. That's I was like Diary of a Coach, and then I can mm -hmm. it expands because mm -hmm. this podcast. I guess originally the idea was to make it about having conversations that better people, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure that all the conversations I've had <laughs> actually <laughs> better people. Mm, have <laughs> so they all be like bettered you though? <coughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> and I'm not sure that I purely want to have conversations okay, that better people. Okay. So I was like, maybe if I, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm throwing out that idea. Interesting. But for right now, it mm -hmm. is called The Better You Project, Excellent. and I'd like to be welcome to it. Thank you for coming to my little uh, man cave. cave yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, my pleasure. Feeling safe at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted to get you on the podcast mm -hmm. for lots of reasons. One is I think we'll have a good conversation. Uh, two, I want to get to know you more. And actually, I'm not sure if anyone's ever said this about podcasting, mm -hmm. but I think it's like a such a cool, sneaky way to like just actually have good, real, meaningful conversation with 100%. people, which is what we all want in yeah, life. Agreed. But we're like so afraid to actually go after. Yeah. Well, they're like not always easy to start. No, they're not. Like mm -hmm. it's hard to just be like, hey, how are you? You're not yeah. too bad. Like and my life's falling apart. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Do you believe it? Do you believe in Jeebus? Right, exactly right. And who do you worship at night? Uh, yeah, no, that's true. I agree, and I think that selfishly is the reason that I wanted to do my podcast. Like the people that I interview, the women that I interview, I'm so fascinated by, and whether I know them a little bit or whether I don't know them at all, I'm like, oh, tell me everything. Yeah. So yeah, I relate. I feel. So you have just launched your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, how? I think it's really cool when I interview some people who, when they're at the start of doing something yeah. and then they go do it um, and then maybe interview in the future to see how it's going. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess what was your, when did you first think that you wanted to do a podcast? I would say I made a post on Instagram about it and it was probably nearly two years ago. And is this a sign for you to, yeah, yeah. okay, good, <laughs> great. Uh, so probably about two years ago, I decided that, like I just had these ideas for it and I was like, yeah, like I really want to do that, that gets me excited and then I realized that technology was involved <laughs> I was like, mm, not as interested in that and then I started to build this idea around what I thought that podcast needed to look like needed to sound like and as much as I knew that I had the passion I knew that I would have that content I knew that I was able to have these conversations like that to me is I don't have to think about that that's inside me but everything outside of that the bringing it together freaked the shit out of me and that was enough to like even after putting that post out there on Instagram just on my, my personal page and being like hey this is what I'm thinking of doing and this is why and even with getting heaps of feedback from people who know me being like yeah like that's amazing like I would listen to that it's still my fear got in the way <laughs> and so and I, and what's I, that fear <coughs> fear of failing 
fear of putting myself out there and not being successful because that really sucks. Done that a few times and I hate that feeling. Um, and to be out in such a public, I guess, domain, like you've got your voice out there. My intention was to share my story first. And once that's out there, you can't take that back. And some people are going to love it. Some people might not love it. And you might get that. Fuck those people. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's like three people out there that like, I hate that podcast. But I guess, yeah, that feel of fa- fear of failure and that need for perfection. Like I... Like, like how we have here, like I imagine like, well, I'm going to need these headsets. I'm going to need this beautiful desk. In my mind, I needed a whole room that was like soundproof. And so I was like, cool, like that's going to take me a year to organize all that shit. <laughs> so I was like, cool, stretch that out. And then it just kept, I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then I'm very lucky to have people in my life who keep me accountable to things and would keep mentioning it. And I started hating it when people would bring it up because I was like, fuck, like, yes, I know. Like, I know I should be doing this. I know I'm really passionate about it, but I'm scared. And it's, I think when you're naturally, usually a pretty confident person to feel those feelings of not feeling that, particularly when your fucking podcast is about being confident. Yeah, of course. When you aren't feeling that way, it's really scary. So I would sort of bury it in the sand for a little bit and then it would come up and then yeah just a few things started to piece themselves together in the last six months aka you coming to work and be like hey i got a podcast i'm like (laughs) 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 great of course you do but like just little things that i was like do you know what like you can do that like and i think a realization of going okay what what you want to share and the conversations that you want to have like your intention for that podcast is more important than the fears that you have um, like it's it's going to be worth you pushing through that if it succeeds, if it doesn't succeed, even if one person hears it and is encouraged by that and then you don't do any more episodes. Like that to me is enough. And so knowing that and slowly working through that and getting encouragement from people going like, just give it a go. Here we go. It's launched. It's done. I really, lo- I really respected, um, I mean, I really respected you when I first met you, but I really respected that you... Um, took on I think <coughs> I think people often fall into different types of mindsets like people have a very fixed mindsets or growth mindsets mm-hmm. uh, and I really like I try and do a lot in my life and it, it, for a lot of people it rubs them the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> it makes people feel less than I think yeah yeah it no 100% and, and, it's, and it's funny because yeah. I hold back so much of what <laughs> you're I've telling me you do 45 more things <laughs> yeah, that yeah, I but, don't know but about. like it's just and, I, and it's like and that scratches that is yeah. barely scratching the surface of like what I want to do yeah that's and terrifying. it's like and that's I tell exciting. and sometimes I always, I always know that I've met the right person yeah. when I can just be like this is what I fucking want to do yeah. and then they receive it in a yeah. good way do you know what I mean and because mm-hmm. people will take that two ways right like it either makes them feel less than or yes. they go like oh awesome and yeah. then you get like you realize like oh like I can be inspired by mm-hmm. this or I can, and I love, I really love that. Do you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. then like, and then I see you doing yours and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, I feel so many feelings of like happiness and yeah. it's just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like, like I, I love this idea of like people pursuing their dreams yeah. and stuff. And I think that brings me back to something that you mentioned a few minutes ago, which is you were scared of failing, mm. which is, I find that really interesting with people. Cause as a coach, like I want to help people become successful at the thing that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm whatever that thing is, but often people are scared of failing, right? Yeah. But, you know, as a coach, quite often, like, the thing that I've seen with 
with people and whether they're successful or not is often just the person who keeps doing the thing, yeah. like eventually gets to it. Yeah. And we view failure often as like things that maybe we haven't defined. So somebody might say like, oh, like I failed because I stopped going to the mm -hmm. gym. When it's like, well, you could go back. Like you haven't actually, you haven't, yeah. you haven't failed. Like yeah. you only fail when you die like yeah. if you got hit by a car tomorrow <laughs> and you we can call that that a that's fail, a failure right? like you you stopped living like that's the <laughs> ultimate failure yeah. you are literally a loser <laughs> um <laughs> like all of us all of us alive people are better than yeah, you yeah. <laughs> you're a fucking zombie now but up until that moment like yeah. up until that moment like you like you could you could be better you mm -hmm. could do it you could keep going mm -hmm. so <laughs> without going into that tangent <laughs> what did failure mean to you Failure meant putting myself out there into the world and it not having the impact that I wanted it to have, I guess. Yeah, oh my gosh, I think I really thought about it. So I heard the answer that just fell out of my mouth was good. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people feel that, that same way, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say that you are out there and you're listening and you want to start a podcast and you're yeah. like, I don't want to fail. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, the truth is it's probably going to suck for a while yeah. until yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. But it, it just needs to. Mm -hmm. And then, like, that's how you... Like, I love I love reading about inspirational stories and, like... Yeah. And every every good story has, like, the person sucked dick for, like, yeah. so long. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then yes. one day, yeah. they didn't. Yeah, right? so true, so yeah. true. And I think that is something that I... I really, really struggle with. Like, if I'm going to be good at something, I want to be good at it straight away. Like, <laughs> I can't handle sucking. And I think that's what puts a lot of people off, is the idea that, okay, if I'm not perfect at this, what's the point? Um, which I definitely have felt that. Um, like snowboarding. Like, I gave that a good hot crack, and I fucking sucked at it. And now I'm like, do you know what? I draw the line. Like, I'm not a snowboarder. I wanted to be that cool chick down the slopes, <laughs> and I nearly ripped my arm out of my socket. Like, oh, wow. it's just not for me. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah, my husband wanted to test. Really bad mood that day, because I was like, I had this <laughs> realisation of, like, I'm, I'm not going to be good at this. And the truth probably is, like, if I wanted to be better at that, I could have invested in lessons. I could have really pushed that. I could have learned some skills and probably not fallen on my ass half the day. But yeah, probably that idea of going, oh, nah, doesn't feel like I'm going to succeed here. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Just not going to do it. Which I think a lot of people probably even taught themselves into that before they even put themselves out there. Mm. Um, yeah. And I guess it's only the fact that I've had successes in other things that have given me enough confidence to then go, cool, that worked. I'm going to put myself out there again and let's hope for the best. But what do you think is different about the things that you have had success in where mm -hmm. you probably did fail a lot and then you carried on failing till mm -hmm. you succeeded? What do you think made those situations oh, different? Do you know what? I don't know that I have been in a scenario like that, to be honest. Like if I've started to fail in something, I have found every excuse. Fa okay, ma ma maybe not failing, but uh -huh. like maybe you just weren't as good at it as uh -huh. you like are now. Do you know what I mean? Like for example, yeah, give me give me an example. Well, like I, I see you like you've been a trainer for a long time, mm -hmm. and um, I think you have some. I think you've mastered certain qualities about being a trainer. Yeah. Um, like far and above beyond like the average person mm -hmm. that is a trainer. Mm -hmm. Um. That's a compliment I've wanted to give you for a while. What, can you tell me what you mean by that? So what I mean by that is you have mastered the craft of giving someone attention mm -hmm. like, and engaging an audience, mm -hmm. which is a, a big part of what being a trainer Massively, is. Yeah. So like, um, you know, I think anyone out there can 
watch a YouTube video on how to do a deadlift and mm -hmm. teach someone else to do a deadlift, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's actually like a very easy part of the thing. Mm -hmm. The challenging thing about the thing is like, can I communicate, empathize yeah. with this person in front of me mm. and get them motivated enough to do the thing that I want them to do? Mm -hmm. And then I think one of the true mastery of being a trainer is like, can I just become the thing that actually makes people motivated to yeah. do the thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of people might just do that by like looking in great shape. Like mm -hmm. you look in great shape and people see that you are the thing. Yep. So you They're like, yeah, so mm -hmm. you're like, that person's like a walking inspiration, right? Yeah. But like if you just carry yourself in a certain way that, um, yeah, that just uh, commands that respect. Mm -hmm. Not in like a I command respect yeah. kind of way, but just in a way that's like comes genuinely. Yeah. I think that is like, the mastery of, of being a coach. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I just assume like that just you wouldn't have just been born with that. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have yeah. been lots of like, oh, if I just change how I talk to this yeah, person, yeah, totally. and if I just like, do you know what I mean? So you yeah. would have done like, yeah. you just maybe didn't see it as failure. So yeah, that's a really good point. I think maybe it's learning communication, and I think I am a very good communicator, and I think that I'm I consider myself a chameleon when it comes to people. Like I'm very good at sensing how they are feeling about themselves, picking up if they're feeling anxious, uncomfortable in the situation, nervous. And then I do it without thinking. I think that's the thing. Like I would have obviously learnt this going through life, but now without thinking about it, I can see how someone's feeling and adapt to that. And to me, it's always about creating connection. You can create connection with everyone. And I think as long as you, like they might see you walking across the gym and looking a certain kind of way. But then when I come and speak to like <laughs> Blessed Lois, who I trained yesterday, who was a bit more meek, a little bit more mild, was very reserved. And so therefore I was able to reflect that in a way and communicate with her about other things that, oh, like, you know, like how are you feeling? How's your weekend going? And capture that connection, find it, whatever that is. And then keep communicating to her on that level where she felt comfortable, where she felt okay to be herself in that scenario. And then, cool, like, cool, I can bring that training aspect in too. But then we've created the foundation of communication so that whenever she sees me, it doesn't matter <laughs> whether I'm telling her she's doing the sit to stand wrong, she's going to hear that because we've already got that connection. And yeah, mm, good. I like that you've pulled that apart. Yeah, That's no, cool. that, that, um, yeah, I think, I think communication, yeah, that 100%. Um, when you decided to do the podcast mm -hmm. with uh like in as the theme being confidence mm -hmm. uh d let's talk about like i guess being a confident woman mm -hmm. right like um uh i think we we are in a much better place in 2022 when it comes to um gender relationships yeah agreed yep. um and uh yeah i guess what are some of the big struggles that um maybe like as a man like i don't really know that mm -hmm. most women probably mm -hmm go through as far as like finding their confidence because yeah. it, it is something that I see all the time and it's it's one of the reasons why like I was drawn for example to CrossFit mm -hmm. a lot like it did a really good job as a as a community to just um, put men and women like in a very equal place yeah. like you know whoever works hardest yeah. is the best you know yeah. what I mean like and there are like small things where like you know there might be slightly you know different weight differences and things mm -hmm. like that but I saw so many people so many women like really find that confidence and that self-belief and yeah you know, the amount of people that come in that you're just like, look, you could be a fucking be beast. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like that's in you. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to like, yeah. you just have to like find the frequency. Totally. Like, and everyone has that. Yeah. So yeah. How did you find your own confidence and 
What do you think are some of the big struggles that women face as far as that goes? I think I found my own confidence through a very long journey. Um, but at the end of the day, I learnt that my inner voice and how I speak to myself needs to be the number one thing that is right and on track so that that inner voice is giving me that positive feedback. And even if it's like... <laughs> getting out of bed and literally <laughs> looking horrific like bed hair everywhere just horrendous but being like hey girl how you doing like uh, this is tuesday let's do this like having that inner worth and learning that that is what makes me feel good about me that is the core of what i learned where my confidence comes from so it literally doesn't matter like i like to dress well i like hair makeup done nice like that makes me feel really good but there was a time where if I didn't have my makeup done, if my hair wasn't perfect, if my outfit wasn't on point, I wouldn't leave the house. Like, I would feel like I wasn't good enough. Whereas now, like, I genuinely could have come here straight from getting out of bed to come here and do this interview and be as confident in myself as I am now because that internal voice was being curated over time as my own cheerleader is what makes me feel confident. So I can walk into a room full of any kind of person and be like, cool, like, let's create those contacts. Let's, let's, um, yeah. You see, can, you see I find this really anyway. interesting and mm -hmm. I don't understand why, I have this theory on this and I'm not sure if it's true or not, mm -hmm. but I just I find it interesting that, um, like I question why women don't just, so I, I'm a male and yes, when I are. look, when I look <laughs> in the mirror and like, doesn't matter mm -hmm. how I've looked like, I think most guys, when they look in the mirror, probably go like, even if you look like shit, you're like, you just find the one thing that looks good. <laughs> you're just like, you know what? I'm yeah, I look, I look uh, just like that right eyebrow. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> God damn. I am working that right eyebrow. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just find the one That's thing, so right? interesting. You just like, yeah. whereas I know, and I, I've spoken, I've had this conversation with hundreds of women. Yeah. And I, it's like, yeah. they all start like, you look in the mirror and you look like shit. And it's like, yeah. well, you don't. Like, yeah. why do you say that? Yeah. So why do you think so many women have this that? like negative yeah. like association with like their body and their yeah. image is that come because i don't i refuse to believe that it's mm -hmm. like people think that about themselves mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. is that like is that just growing up like you know the pressures that we just put it w on on women like or women put on each other from like you know when they're five like what is it i think it's conditioning from society a hundred percent like from Oh my God, from when you're a baby, pretty much as soon as you're putting pink, I feel like there's this expectation of what a girl should be, what a girl should look like, what a girl should sound like, and then very quickly establish what you shouldn't look like and sound like. And if you are to be a successful woman, you're going to look a certain way and you start to see that, God, we're saturated with it. And particularly now with social media under our noses all the time, like we have this idea of beauty and I think as women for the longest time we have been told that if you look a certain way then you're going to have a successful life if you look a certain way you're going to be happy but that's not necessarily the case but that is what we are taught not sat down and had a lesson and be like this is what it is but through the flooding of everything that we see and hear from a girl through teenage years to being a woman is that we should that visually, what we look like, what our body is, is the most important thing. That has to be top-notch for the rest of our life to have any sort of success and happiness. And that's been my experience and that has been the experience of lots of women that I have known. And to learn to work around that and to learn to break that conditioning off you and to then curate that voice of positivity that comes from you that goes, you know what, I might have woken up looking like I've been dragged through the bush backwards, 
But that doesn't mean I can't go to the shops and get my hot cross buns. Like, I can still walk into that store feeling as good as I feel right now because my worth isn't attached to what I look like. And that's a really hard thing. And I think even if you learn to do that, I think you're going to constantly be learning to combat that. Because, I mean, as we then start to age, there's an idea of what a beautiful woman looks like when she's ageing. It's really fucking hard to do. And the beauty industry, oh, my God, the money that we spend on products because we think that it's going to help us lean towards looking a certain way is ridiculous. And from my experience, I am assuming that men don't really get any of that. Like, you're a boy and you grow up being a boy child and you're covered in dirt and it's great and you're always amazing and you don't have to put anything else on to be anything other than you and what you are is good enough from that stage to where from a girl growing up very early on it's like okay for me to feel good enough to to amount to anything I should be wearing makeup I should be following fashion I should be a certain shape and size for me to be good enough so to me, it's societal conditioning, 100%. Yeah, no, I think um, I think the narrative that I think that I've observed yeah. uh, is, you know, as a, as a male, I guess you get taught a lot, like, it's what you do that gives you your worth. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that for women at a young age, it's like how you look. Yes. And I think maybe it's stemming from that yeah. is, is like inherently the issue. Yeah, yep, absolutely. But I think the reason why I find this... Uh, like both really frustrating, especially when mm. I'm trying to help people and yeah. coach them, right? Because it's like, I don't actually think we like each other based, like even though we do judge each other on looks, mm -hmm. like as just like, you know, just a first impression, right? Mm. Like I don't think that's actually the final judgment why we like each other. Mm. Like it's like mm -hmm. when you, when you have a partner, right? Like, yeah, maybe you first are attracted to them and yeah. you, s you might choose them out of other people like yeah. quickly just based on something about them that you like. Your left eyebrow. But... <laughs> But afterward, yeah, that damn, that <laughs> sexy left eyebrow. Yes. Um, but you ultimately, you know, they could gain weight and yeah. you still love them. Like, because it's not about the look at all. Do you know what I mean? Or like, it's like when you have friends, like totally. it, the actual, why we like people has so little to do actually with their looks. Mm -hmm. Like when we really sit down. At the down. end of the day, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think for most people, that's the case. I think some people, from my experience that I've come across, like if their worth is solely based around what they look like, <laughs> and to them being super attractive, super fit, super thin, whatever that might be, and then them having a partner that is also that way, to them that feeds into their self-worth. And that yes. is like, that's who they are. That's that's the core of them, which, yeah, hey, if that works for you, cool. But And I guess, how do, how, what would your suggestions be when mm. people find themselves in this? Because I'm really passionate about this topic, like yeah. as far as relationships are concerned. Like, I don't think people realise I don't think people realise how much, like, I don't know. I had somebody explain this to me really well years ago. Like, your partner is, like, the biggest business decision you're ever going to make in your yeah, life. Yeah, so true. And people just yep. don't, people just put so little effort into that. Yeah. Like, like it's it's a decision they make on a whim. Yeah. Like, versus, like, a decision that they actually really put a lot of thought and effort into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I really think that if you have, like, a shitty support system. Yeah. Like, like, if you have good friends that just support you, mm -hmm. like, we'd all be doing so much more. Mm -hmm. Or we'd be going for the things we want to do, yep, right? Agreed. But as soon as you start having people in your life that put you down mm -hmm. or just don't, just are not supportive, like, you mm -hmm. can't be yourself around, et cetera, mm -hmm. like, we really start, like, shying that and uh, dim diminishing that flame that we have inside of mm -hmm. us. So uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, like, 
um, you know, how do you find like the right people in your life? Mm. I think it's tuning into how you feel when you're around people. And again, that's something that I learned a long time ago and continue to learn as I go is that I know how and when I feel my best and my most comfortable. And when I'm around people and I feel like I can be that, then yes, we're good. If I'm around someone and I start to question myself, if I start to feel that self-doubt come in, if I don't feel as good as what I normally do because of how that person or those people in that scenario is, I'm like, yeah, that, that's not for me. So tuning into how you feel. I mean, and a lot of it does have to do with your self-confidence. So yes, I can walk into a situation and feel confident, but if those people don't align with me, like I've been in that before where... I was in in a chapter where I was feeling really confident, ended up meeting some some friends of somebody else that I knew, and like as soon as I was around them, I started to feel shit. Like I just I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't have the same brand clothes that they were wearing. I wasn't talking about the same like all the shit they were talking about was super shallow, and then I found myself trying to like integrate into that, <coughs> and that made me feel shit because I'm like that's not me. Like mm, yeah. It's, yeah, so finding people who who are a reflection in a way of you is I think where you're going to find that fit. And that can be, like, people are so different. So those people in that friendship group were a refre- reflection of each other, whether I thought that was a good thing or not, is, is a different yeah, of course. conversation. But, yeah, it wasn't for me. So then when I'm with someone who I do have that connection with and that flow is easy and I can absolutely be myself, that's how I know that that's for me. Now, uh, another reason why I wanted to ask you this question is mm-hmm. because obviously knowing a little bit about your, about your past. And I think one of the first things that we probably both um, clicked over is, like, we both have gone through like like the breakup of a marriage mm-hmm. um, and you know I think so many people spend time in relationships that they probably just don't really want to be in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they find it really hard to uh, to walk away from those things right because they probably feel like they made this huge investment yeah. of time and effort yeah. and energy and and then they're just like, oh, fuck it. Like, it's just easier yeah. to just like... Yeah. What's well, a scary thing to leave a relationship, particularly when you have invested time and chapters of your life in that. And I guess when you've assumed that that relationship is going to be something like... I, d- I don't know about you, but when I got married, I did not assume that it was going to end in divorce. Like, I saw that as my future, that you'd, you'd go through those chapters of life with that person. So you get into that decision where it's like, well, fuck, that's, that's not what this is going to be. That's hugely confronting. How, do you, how did you find the confidence for, like, just realising that some chapters in life end mm-hmm. uh, and you, th- you, know, you close them and then you move forward? Mm-hmm. Um, it came down to how I was feeling. Like, I was just so depressed in that relationship. I was so... Yeah, I just... I could feel that I wasn't living my best life and it, I didn't, it didn't matter what I did in that relationship, be it trying to look a certain way, sound a certain way, be a certain way, to try and express the joy that I felt in other areas of my life in that relationship. When I realised that there was literally nothing I could do to change that, the only thing that I could change for my happiness was to leave. I guess it wasn't necessarily about being confident in that decision but knowing that it was right like when I, and I think when I left, I had such a sense of peace. Like it was unbelievable how comfortable I felt in that decision. It was like, yes, like I just knew it was right. So I think even if you can start to envisage, and I did, like I remember sitting with this situation for a long time and feeling like trying to picture that relationship going forward and trying to picture different chapters. 
And I literally got to the point where I could not see it. Like it didn't matter if I was trying to paint that picture in my mind, I could not see it. And then when I was trying to think about my life without that person in it, I could see, I could see my life and I could feel that peace. Yeah, so I was like, well, that's it. You gotta start, and that was hard. Like that was not an easy thing. It did not happen overnight. It was a lot of sitting with my feelings. And then leaning into that the piece that came. Are with you that somebody decision. that naturally has always sat with her feelings or not? Because that is a really that is a really hard thing that I don't think people often give yeah. themselves the, the time and energy to do. Like because pe- people, that's why alcoholism exists. That's why people yeah. like you know fall into drugs or yeah, like totally. any addi- addiction, right? Like you mask yep. the feeling of anything mm-hmm. with like, well, if I drink this, I don't mm-hmm. feel the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. Don't know if naturally I was, but then when I realized how beneficial it was for me to sit with that and the choices that then I was able to make, I have definitely become more inclined to sit with feelings, even if they are uncomfortable. But I think in that stage of my life, when I was looking at leaving the marriage, I think it was literally the fact that I was so depressed that I would just, I had nothing left to give. Like I'd be throwing so much energy into my business, so much energy into trying to uplift this relationship that when I was on my own, I was fucking exhausted and all I had left to do (coughs) was sit there with those feelings. And I definitely tried to avoid it at the time because it doesn't feel good. That's the thing. Like, it's not like, oh, (laughs) like I'm sitting there with my legs crossed (laughs) and like I'm having a great time. You're really not. Like, it's it's allowing yourself to learn to be uncomfortable, I think, so that then you can let those feelings come up. It takes time and patience and I am very, very good and if I know that I don't want to look at something straight in the eye, I will keep myself busier than you can imagine. Like, and that's when I was throwing myself into my business down there, absolutely running from 5 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, not letting myself stop. Because as soon as I started to stop, if ever I started getting exhausted, if I got sick, I started getting sick a lot. And when I get sick, like I'm miserable and I cannot do anything. Like you have to heal and you have to get better. But in those times where I was like flat on my back on the couch, that's when these thoughts started to come in and you actually had your time to process. But I had to be like sick as a dog initially for myself to be in that position to let that come up. And then I guess once I had gotten through that situation and realized how in tune I had to become with how I felt to then make those decisions, I started to lean into that more in positive situations and in negative situations. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't say that it was something that, like, I wasn't born with it, but I definitely learnt. Like, that has been a huge saviour for me, tuning into how I feel to allow that to change my decisions in life and choices. Mm. We're going to continue with this. We're going to take a small break and we'll come back. So, we are back. We we were gone for so long. (laughs) So much happened. Took a hot minute, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so much happened. Um, so, okay, let's go back. Let's go back because I think mm-hmm. this can be some really helpful information. Mm-hmm. So, uh, different than, I guess, I mean, no, no, it doesn't even have to be like just a marriage. It could be any relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, any relationship is like a hard thing. It's not like yeah. a, you go like on your Netflix account and you go to mm. settings and you go like, uh, I'd like to cancel this service. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> like, uh, that would really help wha- wha- a lot of wha- uncomfortable What reasons? Option A, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, d- bad communication. Mm. Option B, mm-hmm. and then you go to option C, other, and you write like a little <laughs> essay about why you um, you you would like to cancel and nice. and then you know like and because th- what really happens in real life is let's say that is the scenario. Mm-hmm. What lots of companies now do it. I'm not sure if you've tried to cancel any streaming services mm-hmm. lately. What they do now is they like 
how about we give you yes. six months at a discounted <laughs> rate? Yes. And this happens in relationships, yeah, right? Like, mm, that's tempting. Where people will be like, well, like, no, no, like, I don't want to break up, mm -hmm. you know? Because mm -hmm. it takes a lot of effort to like for like a person to be like, I don't make, I, I don't think this is working anymore, yeah. and to be like, I'm walking away. Yep. But then we never envision that the other person's gonna like fight. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, it's like the it's, worst. it's it taken me all this courage yep. to get to the stage. And I assume that once I finally said it, we'd that'd be done. Be yeah, that'd be it, and it'd be like so long goodbye. Yep, yep, yep. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, that's so not real life. No, it isn't. Mm -hmm. So how did you navigate that, and how did you find? God, some very uncomfortable times. Okay, let's go through, <laughs> like, because okay, okay. the first thing that happens mm -hmm. with, I think this is a pretty standard thing in relationships, is yeah. doubt enters your head. Because yes. you're like, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, you know, you go to buy something and then somebody's like, you want to buy it? And they're like, yep. And then if they were to ask you, well, do you really want to buy it? Mm. You might be like, well, I don't know. Do I really want to buy this? So, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. the opposite when somebody says, do you really want to, Stop making this yeah. work. And you're like, well, shit, do yeah. I? Yeah, yeah. So did you go through those things? Um, uh, I would say no. I think I've been in other relationships that wasn't the marriage that I ended that have been very uncomfortable where I've tried to leave and the other person didn't want me to. That fucking sucked. Um, but I don't... I'm very... And again, I learnt this with my feelings. Once I know that something's done, I'm done. Like, there's no, like, sure, I can go back for a week and we can hang out. But, like, once that seed has been planted in my mind, I know it's going to grow. Like, I'm, and I think maybe I've been blessed with that. Maybe that's a bit of a gift that once I draw a line in the sand, it's done. And that's, I've had that with parental relationships, with boyfriend relationships, with friendships, that I've been like, cool, there's been a line here. I can sort of feel it coming. And then once I'm like, yep, the stick's in the sand and I'm drawing that line, for me... I know myself well enough and I think that's learning to trust those feelings that I've learnt from many, many years ago that once I have a feeling about that, that feeling was there for a reason and I, I pick myself apart, I break things down, I think I have a lot of <laughs> internal conversations with myself that, yeah, I'm once I'm done, I'm a done girl. And for me, I find that scarily easy <laughs> which I'm like, am I a psychopath? I'm actually currently in therapy working with a therapist to go, is is this okay that I do this? Okay, let, let's explore that. Okay, more here we go. I, mm -hmm. I think I, I think I can uh, tie the, untie that a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you mean I've been paying $180 for sessions? You could have just been talking to me for free. Roll. Yeah, yeah, just have slightly longer <laughs> yeah. coffee breaks. <laughs> Damn. Um, I heard a saying years ago, which is um, men break up with women like in the moment, mm -hmm. women break up with their partners months ahead of time before they actually mm. break up with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like they emotionally, emotionally, very emotionally gone through the breakup. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but when you say it, it's like, yeah. oh, like I already broke up with you months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, internally, yeah. emotionally, I broke up with you a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, like yeah. I just told you now. But yeah. this <laughs> this <laughs> Get with the program because <laughs> we've been done. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this happened ages yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 this is so true. Wow, I'd not thought of it like that. Yeah. So from your experience, have you found that it's been different for you? That you're like, okay, I've broken up with you in the moment and now I haven't actually processed the rest of it whereas from a female's perspective i processed that for three months well m i had a partner in the past who mm. when they split up with me like uh this is a really toxic relationship and we both have spoken about this lots of times how like we just definitely were not right for mm -hmm. each other but i could just see 
I could see this like calm in her when she broke up yes, with me. Yes, that piece, she knew. Like, like she just like she was like like it's done, like yep. it's not. Yes, you know. Yes. And this was definitely one of those moments where I didn't want to have the relationship end, mm-hmm. and like I tried really hard to make things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get back together and all that sort of stuff. And um, like, you know, one day she just said it. She's like, "Look, I made this decision months ago. I think mm-hmm. I only." just told you mm-hmm. and I was like wow so do you think that's what happens with you with some of those do you think it's not that you're so cold do you think it's more just like like you just have processed you process things for quite a while before you decide on them yeah maybe you're right god damn it why damn. did my therapist say that <laughs> <laughs> Hells you've yeah. already pre-processed <laughs> what you've done and I think yeah you've become okay with it yourself yeah so the, by the time you like what is it well, you, you shoot the bullet by the time the bullet shot you're actually fine with the fact that you've buried that person <laughs> Yeah, wow. Thanks, Roll. That's all right. I can go now. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll call this Far podcast out. Therapy yeah. with Roll. Um, yeah. Dude, I would absolutely <laughs> go for that. <laughs> Book me in every Thursday. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, mm. No, no, but I, I do think, and I think it just comes back to that thing that you were saying, which is like just processing feelings, yeah. right? Like yeah. the more we're able to process the feeling or like our decisions or like really understand our intentions, the mm. easier it is. Like... I feel like I've known this for a long time, but I think mm. I was talking to you about it the other day. Like, I feel like I've just relearned it. Like, mm. just what it means to have intention in life, mm-hmm. to just realize, like, that's where I'm going. Yeah. And it's like, like, a, I'm not getting sidetracked. Like, yeah. that's where I'm going. Yeah. Like, if that doesn't align with, like, you know, there's this, there's this fucking shitty saying that I, I really believe in. Like, mm. if you're not, like, on the way, you're in the way. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that like in a mean way. Mm-hmm. I just mean that like I just really know what I want a lot of the time. Like yeah. with some, like not with everything, but with some goals in my life. Like I just, I'm like, well, that doesn't align to that. So like, why would I do that? Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, w- like let's say it's a more traditional example of like, even in a relationship, right? Like people go into relationships because they want company they want happiness Mm -hmm. they want all these sort of things Mm -hmm. and quite often in a lot of unsuccessful relationships happiness leaves comfort leaves and you you end up being stuck with like one out of five reasons why you're there Mm. and you i think if we have more clarity and like well i'm in this because i want to be happy yeah if this doesn't make me happy not that we should just ditch things when they don't work but like do you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely i think for me something that i did without realizing the power of doing it when i did it but now that i can reflect back on it I go, holy fuck like that really worked is that when i'd i'd left the marriage and i was in this newfound singledom and was definitely not considering getting in serious relationships didn't know if marriage was for me at all assumed that perhaps i might just be single forever and just having a jolly old time but as time went on, I was like, no, do you know what? Like, I think I feel like I want to be in a partnership. Like, I want to share life with someone. I want someone to get excited alongside of, like, I want to be excited for them. I want them to be, like, I want to share a life with someone. But I had an idea of what I thought a relationship would look like. And I had an idea of what I thought love was. And that was gross. <laughs> I was like, well, what I definitely don't want that. What, what did you think love was originally? I think... Well, I guess growing up in the church, I assumed that love looked like a partner who was just exactly on the same page for you, which I guess it is. But then in that toxic relationship that I had, it didn't look like that at all. And I think because I was in it for so long and I'd married that person, I just assumed that this is what love 
feels like. And for me, that was really oppressive. It was really controlling. It was a very much, I had that person on a pedestal and I worshipped them. And I thought that that's what love was. Like me feeling that way about that person, that's how I interpreted love. But love is a two-way street. Like I should be feeling that way about someone, but they should also feel that way about me. And that person shouldn't be my be-all and end-all. Like I should share my life with them. I should love them. But if they're not there, like, do I still love my life without them? Um, so, yeah, very much learning what love did and didn't look like was a, a challenging process. Um, but I got to the stage where I was like, okay, like, I know that I want to be in a partnership. Like, I, I think that is something that really fulfills me. It's something I want to explore, but I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be different. I wrote out what I would want in a partner, like, spelt it out and I literally remember writing this out and it was probably maybe like an A4 page long and I thought to myself as I was writing like generally from my heart like what would I want that to look like what would I want that to feel like I want that person to have their own interests I want them to have their own life going on but I want us to have a few shared interests so that when we come together we've got stuff to share but also when we hang out and have dinner I can't wait to hear what they've been doing and vice versa like I wanted to share that life and writing this list out, I remember thinking to myself like, Courtney, come on, like no one's going to have all this stuff. No one's going to be all these things. Like you might be lucky to get one or two, maybe three of these things, you'd be sweet. But then came in Carl Hagi <laughs> and he, just by being who he is as a human, he ticked off every single thing on that list and more. And yeah, then I then that's when I think I sort of learnt what love was just from him being who he was, and it was not a it's not a self sacrificing thing. I think that people say that love should be self sacrificing. Do you think? Uh, like as in the person, like you should sacrifice for the y other. Yeah. Um. No, I don't. I think I think y there might be actions in a relationship yeah. where. It might look like somebody, like for example, I really like doing things for other people, mm -hmm. and like especially for my partners. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just I like I just like uh, like if I take all the layers away from it, mm -hmm. I get a lot of my I get a lot of my self worth, mm. or I feel good when I do good for other people, mm -hmm. just because it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens to be something that is helpful to other people. Yeah. So it might look often like like I am the sort of person that. I'm the sort of person, and you, I think it's just how I was shown love. So mm, my parents interesting. Uh, would pick me up at any time of the day, mm -hmm. anywhere, as long as I'm in the same. You know, probably, probably not even that. <laughs> like they just, like they just would do anything for me if I needed them to. Interesting. And they just always showed me that. So yeah. if I have a partner, yeah, I don't know, and they went out and they wanted to be picked up at 3 a.m. Yeah, it would never cross my mind to be like. Um, I'm not going to pick you up. Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like I would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll go pick you up. Like, because yeah. I'm like, I want to make sure that you're safe. Like, you know, Interesting. yeah, that's what love was to you. Well, it's just yeah. like I think, it, I think those things that might seem self-sacrificing, mm. I don't think are. Because I think, if, I think yeah. if we did a lot of those things, that it's like, oh, I'm doing this for you, that mm. you're going to build resentment. Mm. Like, I think you have to find the thing that like uh, just works for you. And yeah. I think everybody's different. Because for some people, like. It is like a pen in the butt to like be woken up. And also I'm the sort of partner where my parents are like that, but yeah. I would never ask them to do that for me. Mm -hmm. Cause so I, I probably also don't ever ask my partners to do things for me like that 
Um, because I just I hate you know seeming like a bit of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I feel like this is cell therapy. I quite often need <laughs> partners who maybe can like be a bit more intuitive about what my yeah. needs are. Yeah. Because maybe I'm never going to actually <laughs> ask for the thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, mm. Mm. So what was the original question? How do uh, I... <laughs> How do I know what love is, or, or something? No, like no, that? it was it, w- it went further back. No, okay. let's let's move into a different thing that okay, I want to that I want to discuss with let's you, which it. is uh, which I think is probably the most fascinating thing, and I think a lot of people would definitely relate to this. You. Would you say you left a religion? You left the church? Is that the right word? Yeah. Changed your thoughts about spirituality? I think I... How would you phrase that? I think I gradually was removed far enough from the situation to see the light on the other side. Okay. Because that is the thing that... Because a relationship is a very... uh, Like a very involved thing in your life. Mm. But like a way of thinking Mm -hmm. is like... Yeah. A whole different degree of it. Do you yes. know what I mean? And that, that's one of the things about you that I think is, was really interesting when I first met him. Like, wow, like, like the balls in this like person, right? Mm-hmm. To like be able to have like the strength to just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm abandoning like a way of thinking yeah. that everyone around me probably like shares. Yeah. And then you step away to step away from that. Like, mm. must have been so, like, full on. That was super empowering, though. Um, and again, I in that decision, I felt that there was that peace for me, and I've learned as I go along, even if it doesn't align with everyone around me and what they're doing, if I feel that peace, that's enough. Like that's what I've got to lean into. And I think it was coincidence. So when I'd, we got married and we lived in Victor for like a year and then we moved out to Queensland. So when we lived in Victor, it was very the churchy community. That's sort of what I'd grown up with and then married into. And then when we moved to Queensland and then that person started working away, all of a sudden, it was a choice for me to lean into whether I went into church again, whether I created that church community around me. And it was the first time in my life where I had the ability to choose for myself. And I think it was just the the idea of like, it was almost like, like I'd been swimming underneath water. You know when you dive in a pool and you swim underneath in the water? And like I'd been swimming there my whole life. And then I become in this situation now where I can actually come up above the water and take a deep breath and look around and be like, wow, there's actually more options that I can choose from. And I can actually find things that align with me, not just what the expectations of what my upbringing was. And yeah, that was super empowering. I really loved that chapter of going, holy hell, like that doesn't actually feel like it's for me at all. And when I step away from it, I actually start to feel better. And when I look into other things, I start to feel better. Um, So even though it was everything that we had growing up, this Christian religion, just because that's how I was raised for what? When was I married? 20 years. So 20 years in that, two years out of it, and that was enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, like this is not even who I am. Like this whole time that I've been living this life and feeling, and this is so interesting to me, that I felt uncomfortable in myself and like how much of that was related to the fact that that Christian life wasn't for me. Like that didn't align with me, but because I was raised that this is the one way that you should live your life. It's the only way you're going to get to heaven. Like anything outside of that, you're fucked pretty much. (laughs) Because that was all I knew, I was totally oppressed. And to be outside of that and to feel free, oh my God, amazing. So good. What would you say is your relationship with spirituality now? Hmm. I think spirituality has much more to do with oneself 
than, say, for example, an organized religion. So again, it has more to do with how in tune I'm feeling with myself. And it's not, yeah, it's not having, it's not looking towards something else. Like it's not having a God to focus on. But it's like you are, not you are the entity, but like you're an entity that, de that deserves all of this, this good stuff in your life. And you don't need to be focusing your time and attention on trying to worship something else. Like, how about you turn your eyes inward and start to look at your life? Like, you get this one life that you're here. Let's start to look at that. So I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have anything in particular that I lean into in this chapter of my life. But I think far more, like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not into having anyone on a ped pedestal. Yeah, no, of course. That's been a big <coughs> thing for me. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, like I'm, I'm fascinated by religion, mm. uh, and I think a lot of the, just from how I've interpreted them, like, well, okay, one of my favorite uh, memes on spirituality is this little picture where there's like a hand uh, inside of a glove, and there's a fingers coming out of like, so imagine a hand. Uh, the thumbs up and the fingers are underneath. Mm -hmm. And the fingers are like people like on earth and then the thumb is like the sun mm -hmm. and the people are worshipping the sun mm -hmm. and like the meme says, like you are the universe. Mm -hmm. Like you are the people and you are the sun. Like you're the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You just don't, you can't see it. Interesting. And yeah. I think like there's a lot of this like even in Christian like religion, like, you know, the, like, you know, uh, basic like um, Bible verses like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is like within you. Yeah. Like, you know, we get, and I think whenever people, um, even like with new age spirituality, right? Like it's a lot about like realizing like, you know, like understanding, like, you know, like controlling your own calm and your own peace. Mm -hmm. And then like quite often, like when you do that, like you, it's not that you control the world, but like you have more, you actually have more control over how you're mm -hmm. experiencing the world Absolutely. around you, right? Like, yeah. like we can't we can't control the things that happen, but we can control how we react to them. Yep, totally. So I think uh, that's kind of more what I mean, like with spirituality, like mm. just that understanding that like we are one with like this other thing, mm. but that other thing is also one with us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting thing, and I think I definitely have plenty of walls up in regards to I think for me spirituality and the organized religion are still probably too intertwined yep. and yep. I was like fuck that shit like yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. not for me um so I think yeah that's that's something that I will definitely explore more because I because I, I think like when you say things like I sit with my feelings like yeah. I, I, s I hear a lot of like someone who like uses intuition and yeah and like that intuition isn't I mean as much as that comes from us it comes from like the world around, like yeah. it's listening to the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, I um, I'm not sure if I just try and put that word to it, but like I would view that as like a type of spirituality. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But more so like a, a soul spirituality, like yeah. it's just me. Whereas I think my upbringing and my experience of spirituality was fully tied to the church. And yeah, the church and experience. like you're, you're worshiping something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so to even consider that me being spiritual is be me being in tune with myself, the like synapses have not come together yet. Okay. <laughs> like I'm yeah. still like, la, la, la. Yeah. yeah, there's still too much trauma there. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> so on the podcast that you're starting, uh, if you could have, who would be like the number one woman in the world that you would like absolutely love to have on there? Oprah, obviously. Uh, 
<laughs> okay. Is that, is, that, is, that your, is that your final no, answer? That's not my final answer. <laughs> that's a great question. And you know what? I actually am almost aware of the fact that, like, I'm too scared to think how big it could get, like, the potential that it could have. Have we had this discussion before? No, we haven't. Okay. So that was another reason why I was afraid to start because I have a fear of success. Which to a lot of people, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like no, no, I have that fear. I, yes. I totally understand. This and to, yeah, to a lot of people, that just sounds ridiculous. They're like, if you know or you feel that you're going to be successful in something, why would you not lean into it? But yeah, there's all sorts of things that come with that. So the idea of actually thinking about, okay, if I could have one person, who would it be? I don't even know. The list is so long. I would like to, <laughs> option Z, get a time machine and go back and have like, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. She's like the nicest spiritual nun lady. Uh <laughs> spiritual nun, Mother Teresa? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to go and chat to Mother Teresa. Like if I could have her on the podcast, that would be wicked. Because I'd be like, tell me, like... We've painted you <coughs> in history as this amazing woman. Have you right? heard all the other like side of like <laughs> her? Yeah, see, yeah. this is it. But that's all I want to sit down and like yeah. I want to talk to her about that. Like, tell me, bitch, what's it like behind closed doors? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so that totally doesn't answer your question. No, no. Okay, <laughs> let's let's go into this because mm -hmm. I remember years ago, <laughs> like years ago, back in 2011, I met somebody on Facebook mm -hmm. who added me to a Mother T Mother Teresa <laughs> is a fucking evil bitch <laughs> like. <laughs> Facebook group. Oh no! And I and at the time, wow. this this knowledge was like not very well known. Okay. And this person was so passionate about oh telling people no. that like this is a fucking evil bitch. Like you should like the world should <gasps> stop worshiping her. That's so interesting. And I remember being like, this person's crap. Like, mm. you know, just there's all these people in life that we just get told like. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. A certain way. Yeah. And yes. then, like, the more stuff that he would post, I'm like, wow, this goes against everything ah. I've ever been taught about this, right? Mm -hmm. And then nowadays, right, like with more information out there and it's like, yeah, like it's so easy to find information about this, mm -hmm. like about like, um, you know, just like, uh, uh, you know, like there's a lot of information about like the practices that like Mother Teresa maybe was doing and a lot of, a lot of like these hospices was like were not very good and, mm -hmm. um, you know, potentially maybe there was like, it isn't quite how she was painted mm -hmm. to be and like I've read a lot about like, you know, a lot of it was like PR marketing to like mm -hmm. make her look a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I find that interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Have you ever come across this sort of stuff? No, and I think this is something I'm learning about myself is that I get an idea about something and I get very excited about it and then I'm like, that's all there is. No, no, no that's fine, that's <laughs> and fine. And like, this is like the second circumstance now where you've been like, yeah, cool, but do you know about this side of it? And no, then no, you've no. completely destroyed. <laughs> well, no, 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 because <laughs> I'm, sure I'm not sure if it's true. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like this stuff is like, yeah, legit. Yeah, and yeah. also, like, that's what I find so interesting about mm -hmm. life. Like, mm -hmm. there's always two sides. There's two uh, sides to everything, yeah. and it's not the it's not that what one is right and one is wrong. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like as people, right? It, this is what I fucking hate about cancel culture, mm. right? It's like, no one's fucking perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, we're all fuck. You're all fucking cunts. This you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> with little moments of being a nice person. Yes, this is exactly like, right. Like, I've done some shitty oh, things, 100%. and I'm trying to do good things, yeah. and it's like, you know, like that's just part of life. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's uh, humans aren't like you do the right thing all the time. It's mm -hmm. like, no, you fuck up, yeah. and then uh, you hopefully you fucked up enough that you realize, oh shit, I shouldn't do that again, yeah. and then you don't. And yep. but like, I hate this concept of like, you said this once, mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. are, like. 
it's like, well, no, like, I don't think that's how, like, we are, yeah. it's like with friends, right, like, mm-hmm. or, like, family, like, it's not that you give them more passes, it's just you mm-hmm. understand, like, you are the sum of your decisions, yeah. you know, just one decision. Yeah, this is so true. And I think, like, it can go for anyone, like, I can guarantee you, there'd be, like, obviously plenty of people who think Courtney Harvey's a pretty cool person and, like, yeah, listens to the podcast. There was probably just as many people who were like, that fucking bitch, like, are you serious? I don't think you can ever, like, there's always going to be two sides of the story, right? So, <laughs> here I am stuck on the happy side of the Mother Teresa no, that's story. Right. <laughs> I would be keen to speak with her. But I think... But no, like that would be really cool. That would be cool. That would be very I think cool. The list of people that I want to speak to is so huge because there's so many different women that can be inspiring in so many different ways. Like, the chick who, and oh man, one thing I'm not good at is remembering people's names, like, on the spot. That's right. But this chick who is, like, a CEO of SpaceX. Like, what the fuck? Oh, nice, yep. How did you get there? I want to talk to you. Like, this is amazing. And how you get around in your heels whenever they do a rocket launch. Like, that's <laughs> fucking cool. I want to talk to you. And then I also want to talk to Princess Anne because, like, Jesus, you've had a life and a half. Like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. The list is endless. I should start writing that list down because yeah. obviously <laughs> writing lists down works well for me. Yeah. Uh, are you into uh, books much? Yes, not as much as I'd like to be, but yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the last book that made a big impact in your life? Ooh. It's called Set Boundaries Ooh. and Free Your Life or something. I'm going to get this screenshot because it Set honestly... Set Boundaries it has and been Free Your Life. It has been really, really, really good. Um, I'm pretty sure to edit these blank bits. Set boundaries, find peace. A guide to reclaiming yourself by Nedra Glover Tawab. I think is how we pronounce her name. And that I'm nearly finished and it is amazing. And I think we don't realise how often, like you grow up a certain way and I think you, you just have certain expectations of relationships in your life and what things should be. But then when you look at, and again, this comes back to being in tune with how you feel with yourself, that you realise that you have boundaries that have been crossed in so many areas of your life and you're like oh fuck like that's why I feel so shit when I talk to that person it's because they're doing this um and just yeah learning how you can implement boundaries to to give yourself freedom and how you can enjoy your life more so that's the last book Mm. what's 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 a helpful way of implementing boundaries that the book has taught you the book is really good because it literally gives you examples. So she's taken clients' examples, she's changed names, but she's written out the full story and then she's given, okay, this is how you're going to do it. And I think the thing that I have taken away so far is to just be really clear. Be really clear in your communication. And I am not always good at that. I can get quite passionate or something or I can get quite anxious with something and then I will like blurt out all this stuff. <laughs> so for example, I, as we have discussed, I'm not a Christian anymore, that background, I'm kind of like there's a lot of trauma there for me. And this Christmas just gone, my mother gave my husband a Bible. <laughs> 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 and there was a side of me that came out when he unwrapped that Bible and I was like, are you fucking kidding me like clearly we don't live this life this is your agenda and what you think our life should be and you're just like putting that there and so that that's going to come into my house and I was fucking ropeable and it was I was so caught up in that moment that it was just a lot of anger and just (laughs) all this stuff came out and I was like okay (laughs) 
that's why I called the therapist and started <laughs> having sessions. But I was like, wow, like there's something here that has just completely brought out this side of me, which is really like I'm not proud of. I don't like that. But yeah. it's in there and it has clearly been festering. And so, okay, this is something that I need to learn to have boundaries with. And so if I was more confident in creating those boundaries with my family, particularly with my mother, if I had known how to do that better, I could have been like, wow, that's a really, that's a really interesting gift that, that you've given Carl. Like, what, what was your intention behind that, Mum? So you would set the boundary by, like, the boundary about how you feel or, like, the <laughs> set the boundary with her? Set the boundary with her. So, okay. and I think, and this is something that we, we did end up having a, a catch-up probably a month or so later, where I did have to be really clear with her and say, hey, like, regardless of whatever your intention was, I need to let you know that that is not something that I'm okay with. And I don't need to tell you all the baggage behind my reasoning of going, no, that's not okay for me to have in my life. And it's also not okay for you to think that you can sidestep how I feel and to give that to my husband. Um, so to communicate a boundary, just be like, no. This is not okay. Do and you and understand? In the past, do you feel like you couldn't say that or do you think you just would lose your shit? Uh, well, <laughs> history has shown me that I lost my shit. Is how, how, is, how is losing your shit not also another way of setting a boundary? Yeah, it is, but I don't think a... Or it's not as effective. It's not a productive one. Not a productive yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, Courtney's just lost her shit and she said clearly her truth in front of the whole family. None of us agree with her, but how is this productive for us? Like, it isn't sitting down and actually communicating like no like i understand that you wanted to give carl a gift and this is for you been a really beneficial thing in your life but i'm telling you that for us and for me this is a no and so from now on my expectation is that you aren't giving us any religious literature just in the way that i'm not giving you any scientific literature to to sort of prove anything other than what you believe in christianity and i'm putting that boundary there because i respect you and i Expect that respect in return, but to spell it out that clearly and to be able to have a conversation which is calm and peaceful, not like, <coughs> like just react out of fear and just, yeah, nothing pretty, that to me is what I've learned from that book. So, yeah, I want to work on that. It's fascinating. It's amazing. It's really, really good. Highly recommend. There you go. Um, mm. I'm excited. I actually, I'd be keen to read it. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, We've made it to the one-hour mark, so nice. I will not take too much more of your time yeah. today, Courtney. Um, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. If people wanted to hear the podcast mm -hmm. and follow you, how can they do so? So they can find me at Confidence Conversations with Courtney on, uh, I was going to say on podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. And they can also find me on Instagram at Conversations or Convos. Convos underscore conversation. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to find my tag. <laughs> this is really bad. Sorry, uh, we'll, 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 no, no, we'll, we'll add it in the in the show Perfect, notes. Yeah, in the show notes, show notes yeah. in there. I love it. Perfect. But that's how they can find me. They can also email me at confidence conversations with Courtney at gmail.com. Very cool. We barely touched the surface on everything we wanted to. We mm. I wanted to talk about like your your um, business that you have, like um, you know, being wed wedding celebrant. <gasps> yes. Oh my god, that whole chapter. I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we'll, I'll definitely have to get you on again. And Amazing. We'll, we'll continue this. So uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you very much for listening today, guys. If you enjoy the show, please uh, yeah let other people know about it. And um, yeah, if you'd like to follow me, you can do so at RxD Coach. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thank you.